Dear Captain Gautone, As per our previous discussion, I believe we are running out of time to launch a proper exploratory mission into the northeastern dig site 1890. Per the enclosed eyewitness reports I've gathered over the last several months, the confirmed active Androfin equipment alone merits the budget, manpower, and requisitions that I have detailed. The artifacts these Kevlids have described, they match anything we've seen outside of the Silver Mount itself, and the rumors that artifacts from Androfa's ancient contemporaries may be present. I think, if you weigh the sheer volume of the testimony, you'll have no choice but to agree with my hypothesis. I implore you to take the time to review these materials in detail, Captain. They make my case far better than I ever could. Because of the activity patterns I've been able to discern in the area, along with an increase in the geographical dispersal of the outsider sightings, it seems safe to say that the dig site is only growing more active. We cannot risk this place drawing the attention of the armies at the World Wound before the League is able to make a proper effort. Indeed, before we control the dig and retrieve these treasures for ourselves. Treasures they could never hope to fully understand like we could. It would be one of history's great tragedies. What these artifacts represent is an entirely unique developmental timeline, completely independent of the Androfans we study today, and yet at least as impressive, and possibly free of any of the more political baggage attached to Androfan dig sites. It is simply imperative if we are to maintain technological superiority over our rivals, to say nothing of the national defense of Numeria itself from the extremely dangerous parties all around us. At the very least, Captain, this is a golden opportunity for you to gain a leg up within the League itself. I apologize if I speak above my station, but our dear leader Zidao and our nearly as dear former leader, the, the Winter Witch, gained much of their power after some fortuitous trips into the mount. This dig could be our Silver Mount, Captain. I believe the resources I have requested, though expansive, are more than justified given the potential rewards of a successful mission. I await your answer. Humbly yours, Lieutenant Aberdeen Therese. to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play podcast that has to go back! That was a lost reference. I couldn't, lost reference. I yeah, couldn't do an impression, you. though. thought I would have it go in back. the moment. It just didn't Kate! <laughs> we have to go back! It's just awful. Hello. Wall! That dog I... that was in it. Vincent, that's the dog's name. Poor Vincent. So wait, I thought it was a Back to the Future reference. Is that made me the, the most ancient? I was about to say. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. We have to go back, Marty. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, geez, I'm 49 or something. 
Um, last week on the podcast, the party gathered up the remains of their fallen comrade, uh, the remains of the person that they were looking for, and some of the remains of the guy who made the aforementioned friend into remains, and um, also all their stuff, and brought him back to Idenvey, where they uh, talked to Brother Dervich, who was a bit hesitant to bring Brixby back from the dead, but he did it. And um, Brixby came back, and um, he revealed to the party something that's been weighing on him for a long time, that when he fell in that hole with his brother Fof, it was actually the other way around. He was Fof, and Brixby was the brother who was left in the hole, and um, now he's back. And um, we're in the meeting hall, everything. Everyone's standing around awkwardly. Uh, we've got two fairly recently revived PCs who both feel pretty bad. But the party uh, knows that they have to go back to the Choking Tower to finish off Shout, uh for the good of the world, really. And they've also got a bag full of stuff that they grabbed before rushing out of the tower, which they haven't had a chance to look at because there was something slightly more pressing. And that's where we are now. I assume Brix wants to take a nap. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm feeling pretty tired. I'm also feeling like if I go to sleep and I wake up, I lose my level five spells, too. Um, I don't know why I feel that, but I intrinsically know it. Can you so, cast Technomancy again before you lose them? I don't I think mean, that's that's five, a, but... It's a level one spell. Oh, and yes, I can do that. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of cool stuff that we haven't looked at yet, but if that's not a spell slot you're worried about, I suppose we could rest first. Nah, I mean, we could we could technomancy right now. I've actually got that prepared. Now, question. It could just be because I have 10 million spell slots because of the class I am, but does it take away a spell? Yeah, so it's like yeah. it's a little bit different for prepared casters, like because okay. I'm an effective spellcaster level nine right now. Yeah. Um, I can't it, it, with my rogue level, so I'm technically yeah. an effective spellcaster yeah. level eight, but yeah. I have the magical knack yeah. and whatnot. So yeah. I am below the point where I can prepare them again for an okay. Week. So it, I was gonna it's say, a little it could different also, for you guys. Yeah, I was going to say, it could also be a thing that mine has, like that I have less slots and I just don't notice because I have 10 zillion slots. I only have like four spells, but I have a million slots to cast them with. Yeah, I like triple checked. I found like the James Jacob. I, I went into the Paizo Discord. I, <laughs> I asked all of the questions. I went to the mountains. I, I, I never mind. I'm not going to go into the Indigo Girls song, but I mean, again, <laughs> yeah. Barbie was such a fantastic movie. For those who haven't seen it, please do. So, yeah, Asher would say, do we want to go back to uh, High Home or to the Moth's Cavern? I mean, we could just sit here in front of Brother Dervich and start pulling things out of the bag, but it may not be the ideal location. Maybe we go back to the cavern, Long Dreamer's house. Um, I don't want her to have to wait for us. And um, it's the closest to the tower. Um, 
if everyone's okay with that, I think we should maybe go back with her and spend the night there. Whatever you say. Them and spend the night there. Was sounds like a plan. What color is Long Dreamer? Um, Long Dreamer is like a glowy blue kind of phosphorescent multicolor creature of pure wonderment. Okay, so not the same moth, possibly. Yeah, let's uh, maybe let's get out of here. We can we can look at this stuff when we're at uh, Long Dreamer's Long Dreamer's cave. Right, it's uh, a way to a cave. So we have this cool scene where, like, how the bat signal spins, but it's a moth symbol. <laughs> and then we're just, like, at the cavern. Moth yeah. wipe. <laughs> um, yeah, you head out of town, um, hitch a ride on the moth, who is definitely happy to see Brixby, you know, walking around again after the sad interlude where he was pretty brief for her, at least, that he was dead, but he was still dead for a bit. Um, and then, um, she'll land you in her grove, and, um, you've slept here a few nights before, I think. The, the deal is familiar. So we've got this, like, tech armor, gun of some kind, and then this globe thingy. So Brixby's gonna take out some oil and, like, pull it in the cup of his hand, and then take a bunch of wires and stir it which is the material component for technomancy and cast that, uh, which gives him 27 rounds of a plus 10 to my knowledge engineering checks for item properties. So, uh, let's roll some engineero. Not expect to roll. <laughs> right. Um, so I'll just, uh, I don't know if you want me to roll one or multiple. So add 10 to that. So that's a 43. Um, I think we can be content with the, with the one roll with the 43. Um, so first off, that suit of armor um, probably looks a little bit familiar by now. I mean, you know a scatterlight suit when you see it, except that this is a cut above. This is a blue scatterlight suit which is um oh well, you know scatterlight suits kind of suck except that they give you a bonus to touch ac against um beam weapons and rays and in the case of a blue scatterlight suit that's a plus seven to touch ac if anybody's Ooh. interested in a very specific bonus now does that work against like the sonic guns too that every robot we've seen to fight lately has maybe i don't remember probably um, let me... I was gonna say, like, we haven't really run into lasers since, like, I think Hellion's place, but we've run into a lot of sonic weapons. Like that big uh, ED-209 thing had a sonic weapon, this guy had a sonic weapon. I feel like, didn't the androids have something sonic-y? We've seen some guns, too. What's yeah. the arcane spell failure on this thing? Um, I don't remember. Let me All see. All right, we can look it up later. I think it's pretty low on those. It's like yeah. five or ten. Yeah. At like five, it's almost worth it because that's the same level of like rolling a one on an at 20. Yeah, it's five. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's pretty low because uh, Hal has a Scatterlight suit. Oh, yeah, and, like, we can't sell it here anyway. We can just hold on to it for now. Um, but, like, I mean, if anyone wants to wear it, they can they can def wear it. Um, uh, Bricks does, does not need it. Uh, I was just thinking that you could also wear it because I was considering your arcane spell failure chance as well. Your oracle doesn't matter. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Alwyn would still be able to use half his spells without even having to roll that. Mm -hmm. And also, a 1 in 20 chance of spell failure is almost better than an attack roll. Um, yeah. So, you know. Anyway, so just something to consider. Yeah. So this is a, one of those scatterlight suits. Uh, it can deflect the, the lasers and the beams and whatnot. And the... um. The gun that you found um, is fairly familiar. I think you've got one of these, um, but not as good. This is an EMP pistol, uh, but this one is a plus two. Now, if you remember, an EMP pistol um, shoots an electromagnetic beam that can't harm living creatures, but is pretty rough on uh, robots. It does um, 2d6 electricity damage to robots or um, anything with cybernetic implants can takes half damage and a crit can stagger um, those robots and whatnot. This also has an additional item on it. It has a laser sight attached to it. Now, a laser sight is a small cylindrical device that can be attached to the barrel of any firearm. Uh, when activated, it emits a low-power laser beam it paints a small red dot on the target. This effect grants the user a plus one circumstance bonus on all attack rolls made with the weapon. Further, um, a laser sight reduces the penalty for firing into melee by two. So, it's not a bad little thing. It's a pretty rare bonus, I think. Yeah. Um, is that like uh, you activate it and it's on for just the round? How does that play out? One charge per hour. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> kind of disappointed it doesn't have an intimidation bonus for like the action yeah, movie trope where you just like yeah, exactly yeah. right. Where if you put the dot on somebody, you get a plus two to demoralize, <laughs> so we can corn dog smash them. But um, well, sadly, there's like a, a loss in the sort of culture translation because they just don't recognize what that dot is. <laughs> they haven't seen like various movies with snipers in them. <laughs> um, the other remaining te technological item, it looks like a small recording device attached to this globe that appears to be kind of part of that robot that was in the final lab, it looks like maybe this is where it was depositing whatever it was that it was harvesting. So there is some strange green mist inside it, and there is a button on it and a little speaker. You know, in case anybody's interested in that sort of thing. Here, the mist is her nanobots from her brain. If it sucked that out of her. 
Like that's her actual thoughts. Or <laughs> shall we press play? Kind of get that impression that this is we press this button and we're going to be able to see something and I really want to push this button, but I can wait until we <laughs> identify magic stuff. It's like when you touch the pillars in the Forgotten City in Wheel of Time and you can see your ancestors' memories. Exactly like that. Maybe, you assume. And we've got magical items to um, identify as well, if anybody wants to roll spellcraft on those. So wait, we don't know its name of the 43? Um, it is one of these things that is just written in the book and doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> this is an item that exists for the one specific purpose of having a button that ah, you can press. A, uh, and, um, it's a harvester silo. That's a harvest sphere. <laughs> there we go. It's a thoughty ball. <laughs> it's, um, I believe it says on the label right here, thoughty ball. It's, it's, it's a, I don't, I mean, the translation, there might be like an accent in there I'm not getting, or like a macaron that just like didn't translate with the text. Uh, but, it, thooty ball? Thooty? Thooty? Anyway, you brought me back. You asked for this. <laughs> uh, looking over the magical side of things, Alwyn gets a 31 on his spellcraft. Nice. Not too shabby. Uh, we'll start with the most common thing. You're looking at a cloak of resistance plus two. That's always fun. There's also a ring of minor fire resistance. If anybody's interested in that sort of thing. Now, the goggles are goggles of minute seeing. Now, the lenses of this item are made of a special crystal. It spans woven in tiny patterns of metallic thread, almost invisible to the naked eye. When placed over the eyes of the wearer, these lenses enable her to see much better than normal at a distance of one foot or less, granting her a plus five competence bonus on disabled device checks. So, it's a fun little thing. Wow. And then we Well, I wonder who will wear these. <laughs> you just so you've got the V-mons on your forehead. They don't do anything. And you got the glasses. Oh. <laughs> I like the idea of putting swim goggles or like ski goggles over glasses so I just look like a terrible Oakley commercial just, or something. Just put the strap on it so you can have them like hanging around your neck and then when you need to you can flip one up and put them on the yeah. ears. It'll be great. It's a good look. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but these goggles on my nude seeing are very cool. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything gives me a competence bonus. I don't know. I mean, possibly, I think I have like a. I might have Masterwork Thieves tools that I think also provide. That might be circumstance. Jibby jobby. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, Thieves tools are circumstance, aren't they? Because they're an item. I'm gonna check. Circumstance, you're the crafting item. totally yeah. right. Boom. Yeah, look at y'all. Yeah, because yeah, I know, like, blacksmith's tools at Circumstance, and I figure thieves' tools would probably be similar. Sadly, there's going to be no more locks for the rest of the AP, though. Or devices. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you want me to disable no devices? I say okay. Uh, let's see. The next thing we've got is the other ring. is a ring of force fangs. I was pretty sad I didn't get to use this. Pause for dogs. 
Um, this is a band that negates any force spell or spell-like ability targeted at the wearer. Doing so gives the ring a number of charges equal to the spell level of the incoming force effect. The ring can hold a maximum of 9 charges. If an incoming force attack would charge the ring beyond the limit, the ring does not negate the attack or gain charges, but rather, you know, the spell just happens. On command, the wearer can use the ring's charges to cast Magic Missile, unleashing one missile per charge, but no more than five per round. I just wanted somebody That's to Magic really Missile cool. Fergus so he could suck him up. So his ghost gets to use the equipment his body is wearing? Oh. Yeah, both of those rings are fun. I'm, like, trying to yeah. think about, let's let's just have a little chatty do yeah. while we're thinking about it. Um, yeah. I, like, don't, I, I mean, feel like... Bricks isn't really a recipient of either of those, in my opinion. I think that, yeah. like... Like, I feel like the second one should go to whoever we think is going to get attacked the most, because that's the person that would benefit it, right? I mean, like, that I should probably like, go to one of the frontliners. I almost feel like <laughs> yeah. both should go to, like, frontliners, because I feel like fire yeah. absorption or resistance yep. or whatever that ring is, like, mm. what is that? Like, knocking right. off, yeah. like, five or something of every fire attack? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that stacks with some of you outsiders... Uh, my does not do fire is the only one mine doesn't do which i kick myself over because i would have survived the oven with because it only <laughs> no. killed me by three and mine does and it does five when you have them and so, fire okay. is the one that mine doesn't do yeah i mean i take bricks out of the running for both of these yeah. um i mean but i, I still think agree that... it should go to a frontliner anyway because like i would almost yeah. put you in the running for the fire ring just because of the way that you died I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's up to I, Brixby is out of. He's stoked with his goggles. I think that the 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 rings should go to somebody else. Yeah, like that catch and return force ring definitely needs to go to either Izzy or Asher. I almost wonder because I feel like uh, Kira's up close in the punchy. I think the force ring would be better with Asher because. He's dealing damage, and he's far enough away that, like, Magic Missile, is. I feel like, is going to be something that might target him more often. What, like, what other... What's the other, like, force? Because I know there's, like, Wall of Force, but that isn't obviously an offensive spell. There yeah. isn't, like, a Big B's hand analog, is there? I'm trying to think about, like... There is some kind of forced hand it's like Force Bolt and yeah. other stuff. But... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to think about, like, what else... Because yeah. I mean, like, there is a spell that makes like a big invisible hand that punches you, and I can't think of what it's called because it's on my spell. <laughs> I was just trying to and think that about, is force like, damage. Yeah, I was trying to think about like what common force damage we run into. Like Ring of the Ram yeah. is force damage, but that's always like a mm -hmm. PC item. I feel like I have, yeah. Despite how many times we've taken it off the bodies of dead like enemies, I don't think I've actually been ram, ram yeah. ring rammed, ram ring. Yeah. I think but, it's because usually the enemies have better things they can do with their turn than use it. Well, and that's kind of the trap like of it's, that. It's more of a utility thing, yeah. <laughs> Does Asher's um, fire resistance stack with like... Asher doesn't thing? have fire resistance. Yeah. So that puts both... I would say literally the three of you are in the running for the, the fire ring. Because I, I would say it's the frontliners plus the person so, who died by fire. So right now, so Asher already has two rings with the Ring of Protection uh, and the Ring of the Ram. Uh, I think, you know, 
you can have more than two on and decide which ones are active. So he could just be blinging it. Uh, which ones use, yeah. He's also... I don't know if anyone else has a second ring already. Might be easier for K-Money or a dog. I think I only have protection. <laughs> yeah, I only one. have a ring of protection. I will say, though, I very much want that cloak of resistance because my because my classes are split in three all of my <laughs> It'll like double your saves are terrible saves suck yeah absolutely yeah, what is your current fort save my current fort save at my still negative one level is a plus four Oof. I mean granted it's I mean bricks is like that's his lowest save he's at a plus five but I would imagine my reflex is significantly better than yours yeah. Like, my reflex is my highest, but it's still only a six. Oh, yeah. Mine's a <laughs> yeah. nine with my negative level yeah. 10 without it. My like, real bad one, because of uh, one of my sorcerer ones, the same one actually that lets me like uh, control robot brains, mm -hmm. also causes me to have very bad will. So my will is only a plus three. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, please. Yeah take the i mean not to speak on behalf of the party but please take the negative two because like i mean i feel like kira has a better will save than you do like yeah <laughs> oh, no buddy like when yeah. our my will is, that's why i failed the first half of that what you call it so bad phantasmal killer yeah 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 like he basically i don't think he can pass the first half of phantasmal killer not if you're rolling on roll 20 Okay, so no time has passed. <laughs> uh, that wand you found is a wand of cure serious wounds. Oh, Those nice. never come in handy. 22 charges on that bad, non-gendered creature. And then the last item is a rod of gripping smoke. Now, one half of this rod is made of a gray, semi-solid fog, while the other half glows from within as if filled with flickering embers. It acts as a plus one ghost touch light mace, but three times a day, as the wielder casts a spell that creates fog or smoke, it can make the effect particularly clawing, causing the area of the spell to count as difficult terrain. It can't modify fog or smoke spells that already specifically impede movement. Additionally, three times per day as a move action, the wielder of the rod can point the rod at a single target within an area of fog, mist, or smoke within 60 feet, including in fog-like spells like Cloud Kill or Incendiary Fog, and cause the vapor to tighten around the target, um, attempting a disarm, grapple, or steel combat maneuver against them. Well, that is awesome. I feel like none of us will ever use that, so it's probably just going to be sold, but it is very cool. But it's so cool. I could... I mean, I do have Euphoric <laughs> Mist... Sorry, Obscuring Mist, Euphoric Cloud, Fog Clouds, Thinking Cloud, Solid Fog, Cloud Kill, Acid Fog, and Guards and Wards. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Fergus. I thought, though, that that was... Wasn't that, like, your opposing school or whatever? Only so for... Great? No, that... Oh. Is, I mean, one, points for remembering. Two, um, Obscuring Mist is the only one that's water elemental. No, I guess Fog Cloud oh, is, nice. too. Okay. But the rest of them, like, Stinking Cloud, Solid... No, Solid Fog is, too. But Cloud Kill... Oh, wow, that's Water Elemental as well. Okay, so Acid Fog... Stinking Cloud and Euphoric Cloud. I can't believe cloud. Stinking Cloud isn't, but Cloud Kill is. That's weird. 
Yeah, Cloud it's Kill weird. Isn't that basically just a stronger version yeah. of Stinking Cloud? No, it is odd. Cloud Kill is yeah. a conjuration water elemental, whereas Stinking Cloud is an earth elemental because it's tech, which is odd because like Stinking Cloud. I guess because it's like sulfur, maybe like, is also poison. Yeah, yeah mm. and uh, I mean, so it's. I would agree. It's. I mean, how many times? So I mean, it's almost. I would agree with you. It's almost worth like selling. Um, also, it's like so furcus. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. It's like you've got some like a really comfortable shirt from an ex-partner, but when you wear it, you're just like, oh, this is like so them. Yeah. Please someone meme like that's so Raven into a that's so that Fergus. That's so Fergus. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly not yeah. worth 15,000 gold or anything if that tips the scales. Oh, daddy. They do be tipped. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, screw those fogs. Because, I mean, that's really the like the thing that I feel like we run into where it's like any of you three can benefit very heavily from the like fire resistance. Mm -hmm. um, but how many of you want to give up the action economy to shoot back magic missiles? Because that, like, that's the weird thing, right? Like, Kira might get hit by the most amount of magic missiles, but in any round where we're asking them to do 5d4 versus <laughs> like what they do with a, a freaking chainsaw is like it's it's one of those things where it's like it sounds cool but then it just kind of gets like leveled out you know yeah. what i mean like our like abilities kind of but at the same time you know it's it's an auto hit so i think someone should wear it if they only have one ring on because yeah what do we have to lose right i if we don't have to sell it, I could see there being use cases where, for one, Asher is not a long range range character, and Magic Missile's range is very long. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's other other things where, you know, like if it has DR that for some reason I can't bypass, mm -hmm. that force damage, one that one d four plus one <laughs> on each bolt <laughs> could be more than I punch through. No, that's fair. And I mean, even just blocking the damage is nice, too. That half no, of it. Like, there's is, literally true. an amulet that just only does that half and doesn't even do the send it back half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the amulet of shield or whatever. The... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that is that is true. That is, it does have a defensive element. And that is a good point, Jeff. Because I think that, like, I have just such, like, derision for, like, a magic missile that isn't a dazing spell meta magic you know mm. what i mean because that's the meme right you you put yeah. like a dazing spell meta magic on that and it's beautiful um or toppling <laughs> or toppling yeah yeah yeah. trips or days like doesn't matter mm. it's like a plus four spell like increase but that's worth a level five but i can't cast level five spells. imagine casting such such powerful spells I can't, because I only could for a portion of an episode. Uh, all right, so uh, who wants this um, this cloak? Uh, I wouldn't mind taking that, if it's okay with everyone else. Don't me. Yeah, By you're very means. squishy. Yeah. Uh, I have a one. We all have ones already, though, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody needs a one? Okay. This is kind of a stupid question, but I've worked more with animal companions. Like, 
Kingsley can't wear a robe. <laughs> no, they do. I they are wondrous items, one. which means they do resize. I just, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I don't think because I know that, do like, that stuff, animal, no. Yeah, I think because they're like technically a magic thing, like figment that also is a animal. Yeah, they okay. effectively count as like part of the person who's familiar they are. I think that makes sense. Yeah, that is the important distinguishing factor between them and ACs. Okay, so, so cool. What we're saying is it could fit kings. It just wouldn't provide any mechanical benefit, but right. it could it look just yeah, cute. super it cute. It would look mm-hmm. amazing. So we're just going to put that on there. I'm gonna slip Do that we on. really need, like, what is it, like a thousand gold? Like, who really needs a thousand gold? And technically, we only get 500 because you only get half. Right? <laughs> this is worth 500 gold every time I look at them. <laughs> yeah. The fan art of like the bow tie and then now the <laughs> cape. I mean, yeah. that's just printing money. So you have identified all of the items at this point. There's a copy right, of Mortal so... Kombat and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goggles may uh, robe you. So we've got one ring that is less fire. And I don't want either of these, by the way. But one ring. This best fire. We've got one ring that absorbs, um... Well, I probably shouldn't shoot off a magic missile inside of a long dreamer's ass, but, like, that that, that kind of, like, false thing. Who wants what? That is the best idea for using spell slots at the end of the day. Just make sure that ring do be topped Just off. Just charge it up. <laughs> <laughs> no. The idea of... Fire there, magic well, missiles just, into uh, it. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Oh, also Sam just said apparently according to the book, the robbed of gripping smoke is a next slot item. What? <laughs> I think, what? I think that's a weird typo, but yeah, in the book. Yeah, it it's it's a slot. typo. <laughs> yeah. Tuck it under your chin. <laughs> There's probably like a drop down when they're creating those things for them and they click neck <laughs> instead of hand. Or it's on like a, maybe like a beaded choker. Perhaps, or like a makes sense. Maybe like the a puka. Oh yeah, or like a puka shell, a puka shell choker with the yeah. ring on. All right, now that is canon. It's puka shell necklace with the rod. <laughs> with the so rod hanging off it. Peak fashion. That's why it's worth so much. <laughs> it's really a statement piece. <laughs> uh, how many rings is Kira wearing? One. Did we say this one? Mm-hmm. So does she want the fire? I can take a fire ring, sure. Hugely indifferent. I don't need more things, remember? So there's it all I mean, anyone else who could use it, go for it. I mean, you get hit a lot, and if you get hit by fire, which a lot of these robots can do, we can take five off of every time they hit you, which is pretty cool. And even with your... Like, I don't want anything cool for Kira. You can at least justify it by that's five more points every time that you can absorb on behalf of your squishy party. So if you have to do it from that angle, please accept <laughs> the sprint. Uh, I'll allow it. Just going to add a new magic ring to my items. With this ring, ring. I guess. Ooh, that's solid. That's the name of it. Alan will probably take the <laughs> wand. <laughs> Episode uh, is just the whole description is alternate episode names. I think it's. 
uh, episode Alan... where the entire party gets married. <laughs> That's it. I come back from the dead. I'm like, we all need to get married. Don't ask me why. Phrasma said it was it was very important. Uh, the thing. Oh, the wand. Um, uh, I think Alwyn will take the wand, but he's just gonna put it in his pack. He's not going to put it in one of his sheets because I have so many spell slots of that, and the two that I currently have in my sheets, at least until they run out, one of them only has like four left. But they're both better mid combat, so it's just gonna be in his pack for downtime healing. And gust of wind. Were those the two? Yeah, lightning bolt and gust of wind. Yeah, lightning bolt so, only has four charges left, so it's that's gonna be out of there pretty soon. But the other ring, the force ring, is that going to you or Jeff? Uh, I think we decided it was good with Asher, because he can turn off the ring of the ram until he needs it, and just kind of leave the force ring on. Sure, I'm not accustomed to wearing so many accessories, but. I can figure out how to get used to it, not interfering with, you know, twirling and reloading, pew pew. All right. Asher would absolutely be willing to give you the Ring of the Ram. It only has nine charges left, but considering uh, if if Brixbow ever has spare magic missiles to charge up the uh, Ring of Force Fang, which is one word for those of you looking to find the item uh, on archives of Mythos. Uh, then yeah he'll he'll keep that uh, emergency cool cool magic missile ring that could absorb some stuff that is not thrown by his friendly companion I guess that's the balance right if I have bricks top it off every day <laughs> and then I get hit with an actual magic missile that doesn't <laughs> absorb it I mean I'm happy to top it off anytime you want to because I can absolutely always spare a couple like level one spell slots. We can figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be a, a cool, you know, interstitial, like between having the appropriate ammunition to affect somebody kind of. All right, so force ring to Asher, cloak and wand to Alwyn, um, other ring of fire resistance to Kira, goggles to Brixby so that only leaves the video sphere right to watch please push the button now <laughs> I've been very patient it's been a long day sometimes you just want to kick back put up your feet watch the sphere alright so Brixby's going to hold the sphere you all can press the button you really just all together just press the button boop the rock Parchment dagger for it. <laughs> um, I think when you press the button, um, there is disappointingly no video that appears. Instead, you sort of get a few seconds of silence, and then a voice comes out, and it's kind of a, a tinny, uh, feminine voice, um, and it says, "I'm not sure what you mean." I am Cassandra, an android and a fugitive from my own faith. And then there's like a pause, almost like there's a conversation going on, but you're only getting one side of it. Um, and then she comes back. Because I betrayed my god unity, and it sent puppets to punish me, to prevent me from warning others of its plans. 
Those puppets slew me, but I rested well, knowing I had managed to travel far enough that Unity's influence over them had lapsed. They slew me, but in doing this so far away from their master, they doomed themselves. It pauses again and continues. Unity was my god. Unity spoke to my soul. I could perform magic through my faith. I worshipped Unity totally until I discovered the truth. And it was also a slaver, a sadist, and a petulant lunatic. There's another pause, and then... Because I learned of Unity's evil nature and its dark plans for the world, I would not help an intelligence such as it escape its bonds. I forsook my faith and fled. One more pause, and then... My knowledge is recorded on a neurocam I hid during my flight from Unity. I hid this neurocam in a cave in a Y-shaped valley many days walk northeast of the foundry where I was killed. Local tribes have long called this place the Scar of the Spider. Another pause, and then... It is a god within the Soto Mount, and it rules over all within. It is not content to rule a single wreck. It wants more. It wants to rule us all. And then the button kind of pops back out, and the recording ends. What I took from that is that Cassandra Lee was some sort of devotee to Unity. Unity was evil. Unity wanted to rule us all. And Unity lives inside the mount. So that's all of it. I was like, is that where the dot is? Um, Let me look at the map. Maybe it's going to that and not to her. Because we found her. Yeah. And my question was, can we roll anything on the scar of the spider? Yeah, I could do a no no geo, nat geo. Um, Nat geo? Northeast of the foundry where she was killed. Many days walk, Y-shaped valley. Northeast dot tracker. I'm going to aid Jeff's nat geo roll with a 17. That's actually probably a good idea. Mm. So I didn't say it out loud yet. Can I count my one that I rolled as an eight, or should I re-roll to keep myself honest? Um, <laughs> I would say count your one as an eight. Don't don't re-roll. Um, so that was a thirteen then. So it's an eight. Okay, I do have a correction. Looking at a map of Numeria, the book is wrong. <laughs> um. The Scar of the Spider... It turns out the Scar of the Spider is a next slot item. It is a next slot item. It is also to the northwest of the wreck where Cassandalee was found, not to the northeast. The dot, however, is to the northeast. Dang it. Uh, Well, Scar of the Spider... Asher only got a 15, which is less than Brixby's aid, but the two aids bring it up to a 19. Yay. Um, I think the Scar of the Spider is not something that you're super familiar with. I think maybe there's just like a... You've heard it mentioned as a place inside the Feldales area of Numeria, which is kind of a place that people don't That's really a- go. It's like the northwestern part of Numeria, yeah. right? Like, isn't that kind of... It's it's near the Sarkoris border, 
if I remember correctly, or like kind yeah, of... it's near the border with where their old capital used to be. Yeah, yeah, the Feldales um, is one of the major regions of of Numeria, and it's kind of uh, the most wastelandy of mm-hmm. of the wasteland that is Numeria. Uh, there's you know more wandering creatures mutated and wandering bashed up robots and there's like a thin strip of arable land along the western side of the um Selen river and then there's very few like sizable human um bits of civilization or settlements for like a big chunk of the country because it's just very hostile Asher would share what little he he knows then about that. Well, a little disappointed there's no video, but that was interesting and informative. I am concerned. We thought Hellion was a large threat, and Hellion feared unity. Cassandra feared unity. I think we need to seek out this Neurocam after we rid the world of Fergus Shout once and for all. Great. We owe it to Long Dreamer and all the denizens of Lemaria to rid that hate, that pain from their land. And Long Dreamer has just been kind of chilling off to the side as quietly and out of the way as a gigantic glowing moth can be in a rather enclosed place. So, um, perhaps we rest tonight, head back to the tower, and from there we head to the northwest. Or should we follow the dot to the northeast? We've been waiting to see what that dot is for a pretty long time. I mean, it sounds that the Neurocam is well hidden, so the odds of it being discovered are probably rather small. We know now that the Technic League won't be getting to Cassandra Lee before we did, and so long as we maintain ownership of this thought ball, thoughty ball, thought but thoughty ball, <laughs> then her secrets live only in our minds and the soon-to-be very late Fergus Shown. We could examine the dot after the tower. What of Cassandra Lee? Do you think we could fix her? I'm inclined to think that someday we might be able to put our heads together and see how we can put her head back together. Uh, or perhaps if we think it would be beneficial to have another ally in the fight, we could, though I certainly don't want to tax Brother Dervich, see if the cleric couldn't return her spirit to her body. Do we know anything about, like, Rezzing androids, is it comparable to like the raised dead resurrection 
soul situation, or is it something else? I, I think you know enough about them, like effectively having souls, and and even though their bodies are artificial, they like live much the same way as organic life forms. That stuff like raised dead probably does work on them, but at the same time, you know she's been dead for multiple years. You don't know exactly how long, but um, at least longer than it was since Fergus found her body. And I think you scouted that out as around seven years ago. So it's been a while, so it would take powerful magic to bring her back if her soul hasn't already been judged and moved on in the boneyard. So perhaps we rest tonight. We do the tower tomorrow. From there. And, um, well, we bring her with us in the back. Hopefully, we can bring her back, find her soul from the same void that they found mine. Oh, is the party going to bed for the night then? Like so. I think you've, um,. You've done this before, you know, Long Dreamer yeah. being a, a strange divine being doesn't really function the same way biologically, and she can effectively keep watch for the lot of you for the night. You don't have to worry about taking shifts, and you all get the sort of double rest benefit from sleeping in her presence and better dreams and all and, that good stuff. Uh, I will say, before we sleep, uh, Alwyn will use up as many of his slots as he needs to to uh, heal everybody because he used like almost no spells during that fight because he spent the entire time casting Wind Wand. So I'm pretty sure I can get everybody to full. Excellent, thank you. But how much charging of the Ring of Force Fangs do you do? That's the real question. I have, unfortunately, only one magic missile prepared today and I have already used my amulet to cast dimensional anchor. So reasonably I can only shoot one <laughs> one magic missile at my friend. Stand over there. Right. Alright. <laughs> and it just kinda draw. And then I yeah. pew, pew, pew. And then <laughs> Asher shoots me and I die. <laughs> <laughs> Completely oh, misinterpreting no. the Sorry, game. habit. <laughs> Uh, All right, we gotta sell the rod. <laughs> were there any charges in the ring already, or should I assume it was zero? Um, it was nothing listed, so probably zero. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, it was all nine, so the uh, one that Zach cast just hits you in the yeah, it hits you oh, and right between on. the eyes. <laughs> so awesome! Ring of Force Fangs, one charge. <laughs> So wait, what defines a charge? Is it every it's spell, spell level? level. Spell level? Yeah. Because I was going to say, I am still in a ninth level caster when I cast that spell. No, it's still just a level one spell. Okay. That's what I figured. Yeah, okay, unless cool. you have it heightened. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely do not have that feat nor that metamagic. So just one spell. Um. So I think as you all go to bed in the calming and comforting glow of long dreamer and the night you know gets darker and quieter 
is the maybe the forest is a little bit calmer than it has been um, in quite some time. Late at night, when everybody's had some chance to sleep, I think, Rixby, you might wake up to see Long Dreamer looming over you in her disconcerting, gigantic, mothy way. <laughs> Just the huge eyes staring down at you. I, uh, um, hello. And she'll sort of hold up a, a hand like she's asking permission to reach out. And Brixby will reach out his hand to touch on Dreamer's intent. As you make this connection, um, again, you hear her voice in your head and she says... I am happy that you are no longer dead. I suppose I am too. Honestly, I've wanted to be dead less now than I've ever been. You asked me once about the dreams of the dead. I, I don't. I, I don't think I understood the question then. I don't think that you understood it either, really. May I have your permission to show you something? Please. And uh, her un giant, unblinking, glowing eyes are, like, locked on your face, which, you know, in another situation would be just the scariest thing in the world. But she brings up two of these huge hands that just sort of end in like kind of points and furriness and sort of puts them on either side of Brixby's face like effectively cupping his head and then she begins to beat her gigantic wings slowly and it's not enough force to lift her off the ground or really even create much of a breeze in this tiny space but it shakes loose this strange luminescent powder from the surface of her wings and then this powder sort of forms little clouds that dance and twirl through the space between Brixby and Long Dreamer until it kind of comes together and settles around Brixby's face and in an instant he's back there he's back in that scene that he described to the party after he came back from the dead. He sees the scrap giving away. He feels himself tumbling down, down into the hidden tumble deep inside Chitterhome. He hits the ground. Fof hits the ground. And Brixby hits the ground. But this isn't the picture he remembers. His brother is there, just a little ways away from Fof trapped under a mountain of shifted debris, just like he remembers. But it's obvious from here, even from yards away, that Brixby's gone already. He did not survive that fall. The sheer weight of the scrap on top of him and the position of his body, it wasn't possible. It never was. And you, Fof, Brixby, you feel 
what you felt in that moment, what you haven't let yourself feel since that day, that in that moment you shut down and Fof turned away from his dead brother and he stumbled through the darkness with no direction and no hope and no will to carry on and it was over. And Briggs, you can feel now what you felt then, that you lost yourself in that darkness, in that solitude, and stumbling and tripping all the way through the dark until finally, in the solitude and the pain and the hopelessness, you tripped over another body, Forseth, the, the first victim of this place. And you collapsed there. And you gave up. And you would have died to be honest, but instead you fell asleep. To die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream, for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come. Here, the story shifts, the way we perceive it shifts, because at once we see what Brixby remembers, what he just told the party about. We see past Brixby's laughter as he breaks down Forsyth's notes and he interprets the scrawlings and the plans and he has this brilliant revelation on the nature of the emergency jump pack and the hope that there just might be a way out of here for both of them. We see Fof's beloved brother, who he's leaned on all his life, being ready to save the day one last time. Ready to fix the mistake that Fof makes that might have doomed them all right there. But at the same time, we can see Fof lying on a pile of scrap and bones in a cavern, asleep and alone, as a strange and luminous chartreuse moth, glowing with that same light, flutters down from parts unknown. Maybe from Forsyth's holy symbol? From that long ago ritual? From the surface? <laughs> from some undiscovered place beyond death itself, it's impossible to say. But this butterfly lands on Fof's nose, and a beat passes, and the Yosoki stands, and he gets to work all by himself. He breaks down Forset's notes, overriding the locks on the escape pods with his own wits and his own hands, even though he hears his brother's voice the whole time. And he does brilliant work that he'd never thought himself capable of before. In the corner of the cavern, under a pile of debris, the original Brixby is silent and motionless and gone. But in this moment, when Fof was ready to give up without his brother, to drive him forward and do what he could not do on his own, he became both of the Rentel brothers. And he didn't know, even know it. In the dream, Brixby gets Fof out of the cavern. He gives himself up so his brother can live while he's left behind, alone, in a deep dark hole. But we all see now, as the vision fades, and we come back to the night in the dream wood, not the smoke wood. And Brixby is looking up into Long Dreamer's face. That all it took was a dream. Thanks to Forza and Brixby and the Song of the Spheres itself. No brother was ever left behind was never alone in that deep, dark hole. Brixby and Fof burst out into the sky together. They're still together today. Fof lives for Brixby. And Brixby lives for Fof.
Oh, I'm crying again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and that's his whole story. Everybody. And now he knows it. I'm so sorry, you little rat. You're so small for all these emotions I'm putting into you. Oh, God. But it's so happy that he didn't actually leave him behind. Oh, oh I know. Let's uh, bring it back into everyone hearing this. Sky Metal for Sam. <laughs> I don't care that it's going to be used against us. Sky Metal for Sam. Um, we'll, we'll read another dedication later. Um, but Sky Metal for Sam. Because that is uh, the far better justice to the, the Brixby story than I could ever do. So... The, um, giant lunar moth kind of leans back a little bit, gives Brixby a, a little bit of space to, to process this Brixby's dream. doing that sort of cry where you choke, where it's like, <laughs> and like, does his best to cover his mouth to not wake anybody up. We just, the last thing that everyone sees is just a shot down from above as Brix falls back with both of his paws over his mouth like this just crying but his eyes have more peace than they've had in ever and he cries himself to sleep that's all good adventurers too. Oh my god! As all good adventurers and adventuring parties do, you know, cry yourself to sleep, have a little cry on the Skype call. Just a just a casual cry. Everybody's crying. It's cool. We're all cool. And um, somehow, inexplicably, you know, morning comes. Oh. Just hours later, you know, the world of Galarian has continued to turn, and there's a new day. Let's get to that tower. Asher, uh, for his part, he wakes up in the morning like he always does, and he doesn't have any misfired guns anymore to, to fix, so he goes, and he... Uh, starts to do his routine to pray and prepare his limited spells for the day and finds out that he can't. He does not hear or feel a divine response. And he is kind of troubled about that. Got this out, but oh my god, no. That's worrying. But uh he's got a revolver loaded with adamantine rounds and a revolver loaded with ghost salt rounds just in case Fergus spawns sooner than we think and he's ready for the tower. the hell man i don't want you to be cut off from your god i don't want to cry yeah. more <laughs> ah. all is not necessarily well amongst the reconstructed very capable four if 
if that's what we're calling ourselves now. I don't I don't even know these days, but I think it's the very not resurrected. It was just, two yeah, just plus Halloween. The four. <laughs> the two that haven't died plus Halloween and Brixby. <laughs> so we still get to maintain our like line uh, notation or whatever that's called. Cool. Let's go to the tower before anything else happens. Moth, please help my friend. For heading back into the tower, are you planning on going? back to the basement? Are you planning on going straight up to the places you haven't been before? What's the plan of attack here? You mentioned Brother Darius was like, it's been four days or whatever since Alwyn was brought back. I don't, I have been keeping a bad track of days, but are we expecting there to be a possibility of gear ghosts? Like, has it been long enough since... Um. They're defeated where, theoretically, depending on die roll, they could return. It's conceivably possible that the gear ghosts could be back. Because they died the day after Alwyn, or a couple days after Alan, Because you brought him back, and then you had, a, like, a town day. And then you came back to the shower, the tower, and killed the gear ghosts. So they're a few days behind. Yeah, because that was when we discovered the trap was reset, and then we found them upstairs. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that was the next day. Yeah. So depending Or no, on... it was two days later, because we had the... You're right, we did have the day in between where we went back to town and did stuff. So depending on RNG, they could be back. It's possible. Did we get gear ghosted when we walked in? <laughs> like if we walked through the initial door I mean I, this is maybe just because the people can't see us where we are on roll 20 at home but did we immediately get um no you you weren't immediately accosted with traps and like it, it didn't look like anything was reset immediately upon entering the tower so you might be gear ghost free still recommend caution I'm inclined to not return to the basement until we're ready to turn off the smoke furnace, but if the gear ghosts are back, then traps we may have disarmed could be rearmed, and well, I'd prefer we all remain in one piece. Rixby flops the goggles over his face and says, I feel more prepared to protect all of you from whatever machinations Perkis, it's gear ghosts or anything else has and he casts arms A's focus on himself using the wand Asher activates his filter mask let's all do that let's all just collectively turn on each other's filter <clears throat> masks as like a form of bonding that's <laughs> all this Reach out and turn on the filter mask of the person Reach next out, to Reach out, touch mask. Burr. And like person. every morning, Alwyn did cast uh, Delay Poison on us before we went into the tower. Mage armor and shield, since we're going to do the Brixby's buffs. You're going to mage yourself. Is uh, Halloween. Is yeah. Kira... Holding the uh, null blade now, or is she still primary chainsaw? Yeah, primary chainsaw. Um, have have at it, cool, buddy. Cool. Still primary revolvers, but null blade on the back then. Smasher. 
any other spells or buffs to declare for anybody. That's all I'm doing for right now. Kira starts putting like um, black and red stickers everywhere. Uh oh. I think that she's in her uh, hot topic phase. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, far we've fallen. The only glitter is yeah. The only glitter is all all black. Maybe some purple, but like edgy purple. Just so like lyrics to I'm not okay by My Chemical Romance <laughs> on stickers that you're just sticking on things. If you wanted honesty, anyway. <laughs> I am that old, in case anyone is listening. <laughs> What's a fallout boy? Um, so nothing gives you any trouble all the way up through the seventh floor, which is as high as you ever ascended. That was the floor with the animated crane. Um, and the way is clear up to the eighth floor. Uh, so this is the uh, mentioned robot wizards. I want everyone to know that if anybody is close to where we've been we should leave we should go we should escape it's not that we don't have the resources to bring anybody back but this is important but not important enough to take any of you from me I don't want to take risks if we don't have to you're all too important to me and this blasted damned nation with that let's go to the 8th floor right yeah yay well the 8th floor is much the same as the floor before it you come to the top of a stairwell and see directly in front of you a stairwell that goes further up and then also a doorway that opens into a foyer that has three labeled doors in it I see one to the west and one to the north is there also one There's right also, here? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So the one to the west is labeled Lab 7, Quasi-Gaseous Research. Uh, the one to the north is Lab 8, Swarm Behavior Studies. And um, the one sort of on the bottom eastern side is Lab 9, Smoke and Particle Research. That's all the labs that were on the directory, right? That's yeah. it? And then, but it still goes up. Okay, cool. Let's go open some lab doors and smash all of Fergus Shell's favorite pretty things. <laughs> yeah. So what are you all thinking? Seven, eight, or nine? Quasi-gaseous. Eight. Eight swarm, swarm behavior. What is eight? Again? Oh, eight is swarm, and nine eight is swarm smoke. behavior. Smoke and particle. Smoke. So quasi-gaseous uh, swarm behavior or smoke and particle, which all sound like you can't hit me normally. The guy has. Anyone a have theme. a feeling? He has a strong theme. <laughs> Anyone have a feeling about any of these? We can't hit all of them. I think let's uh, numerical order is always fun. Yes. Yeah. We all know seven is the most dangerous lab. 
Asher says as he spins his revolver. Like a seven, eight, nine. And then he'll go to, like, pull the airlock. <laughs> Wait, roinks! That's roinks! <laughs> oh, well, now the Yeah, there's like a three-turn thing. No roinks. I'm not as worried about the outside door. That's He fair. says famously. <laughs> it looks like right. there's actually about enough space in this airlock for everybody to cram in with some squeezing. And Cleary isn't here right now, so we got plenty of room. Asher fails to aid. <laughs> Does anybody... Again, only a one and two could fail. Well, uh, you have auto-aid. Fit in there. Is this a real square? It's enough of a square to squeeze into. We can spare a square. That is, uh, oh, I actually am able to aid in that case. I got that rock. It's a 15 for a 13. All right, that's a 14 for a 35 with my two aids and my negative one. It uh, doesn't seem to be trapped. Um, it's the normal kind of lock for airlocks. Uh, and you can see through the little window that there's nothing moving around in there. Just uh, a bunch of barrels that are like big barrels up against the north and east side of the, w of the room. And there's a, a desk and... Uh, Looks like bloodstains. Oh, I um, think you should get that wand ready for like every room that we're going into. <laughs> like, literally come up here with me um, and, and perhaps ready to, to goost. Perhaps. I don't know. What's this one? Quasi gas. Smoke, particle. Research part quasi gas. Yeah, it definitely get the the blowy wound up here. Yeah, he will Perhaps. take the wand out and maybe try to squeeze a little bit in front of Kira. Yeah, let's swarm for comfort. Oh, actually, I guess I can swarm. Yeah, let's swarm. Yeah, get in the swarm. Come on in the water, swarm. All right, we popping the door open. Yes. All right. Opening up the door reveals several wooden barrels the size of a human standing upright against the north and east walls of this semi-triangular laboratory. Each barrel is capped with a wooden lid, and the rims of these barrels are crusted with dry blood. A desk near one wall has notes scattered atop it, and strange, almost humanoid-shaped bloodstains adorn the floor in several spots. Hold on. Um, let me just, uh, what does my summon intern spell require? <laughs> just want to make sure that I have all that. I, um, deeply feel we should probably send, uh, Cleary in to have a quick look before, before us. There is oh, a piece of string and a bit of wood. So he ties a little bit of string around a piece of wood and just throws it in. It's like, Cleary, go, unpaid intern labor. Cleary goes into the room and nothing disturbs them. This only look really good on your resume. Could have had him bring like the notes back to us. No, I'm stupid. 
<laughs> Death took all my brains, Asher. I just, um... Um... That would be... Strangely, nothing springs to attack as you enter this room. It just looks like a empty, dry blood space. Clearly, my... Mechanically not, but practically, yes, more intelligent friend. It's requested that you bring back those notes to us. <laughs> um, could you could you grab them and scooch them over here? Don't touch the barrels. Um, the notes are incomplete and damaged, but Cleary does manage to retrieve a page that says, Like clouds themselves, but moving with a strange, focused purpose I have not observed in baser swarms. If I could capture one of the worms that walks and determine how the transference of mine from one body to thousands is achieved, perhaps one could do the same with the transference of mine from one body to millions. If I can secure control of bio-nanites as a host um, body in the same way as my crawling guest controls the worms of his, perhaps I can. And then it ends. Like you mentioned they're writing this while what this face. <laughs> keep wanting to say Nargrin, but it's not Nargrin. It's walking up behind <laughs> Nargan Harvex. Um, what is it? Nargan? Yeah, Nargan. Nargan. Nargan? Yeah. 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 I just remembered this one who nargs <laughs> as yeah. a central verb there. So he's still Nargan down in the basement. Um, if you want to roll a knowledge arcana, you might be able to glean something of what's gone on in this room. Love to. So 34 with a 19 off the die. It looks like with the human-shaped um, bloodstains, this room was probably populated with vampiric mists a long time ago that actually starved to death. <laughs> All that's left of them is dried blood. <laughs> wow that's cool you hate to this see like, it yeah what they like died before we got here it's like the joke version of the monty hall thing where it's like behind one door is an executioner and behind the other is a lion that hasn't eaten in five years what's stupid <laughs> <laughs> uh so freaks be like picks up a bit of dried blood and like puts it in between his fingers sniffs it looks back at the group and I am to believe this room contained um, do you remember that like mist monster we ran into a couple floors down the, the it was hungry right it was, it was similar to that that was in this room but it looks like it's starved to death. This blood, this blood, uh, it's an indicator of its passing, oddly enough. Um, Alwyn, do you wanna see if Mr. Magoo is in this room, perhaps? Uh, yeah, but Alwyn will detect magic, uh, and he will kind of walk through the room now that, uh, Brixby and Cleary have kind of said that it's not trapped and just see if he detects magic anywhere in here. Anticlimactically, Alowin does not detect any magic in here as it seems that this lab of basically all of the labs in the place does, 
just doesn't have anything left in it other than that little scrap of notes. It was the lab they had to finish on like the last day before they had to turn this book into pies. So. <laughs> We've re hit the max number of encounters. Just say they're dead already. And then the GM can go to bed. And <laughs> So, I mean, it says in the book that I have to go to bed now. So I guess yeah. I'm going to bed. No, we get the experience for those things, right? <laughs> for killing three... Uh... Vam the mist creatures. There were only CR3, so mists. it wouldn't be that much. Yeah. Good night, book. Good night, Sam. <laughs> night, Sam. Good night, vampiric mist. Good night, quasi gaseous research. Property of Network Against the Machine LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are property of ISO Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by your own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. Mr. Detect magic. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I know Magoo <laughs> is mad. I know it. It took my brain a second to get on. Yes, Magoo. Oh, he says Magoo to take me. I've been traveling yeah. down a pretty stupid path. Yeah. The past couple weeks here. So. Yeah. It was like Maggie, and then it was Mag and then it was Magoo, and then it was Magoo. It just took my brain a second to. Testing, Hopefully, these work. I mean, one, two, three. One. Sad two. waveforms. But the last sad sad waveforms. Your waveforms. The second wave saddest waveforms of the night. Is he going to have to ask, are you e also eating a Kit Kat? Eating a cheese square. Oh, okay. I would love a Kit Kat, but. I was like, whoa, what kind is that? Because I would love to be the guy who can try all of the obscure Kit Kats. It's chatter. Not one of those things before. I think it was from Bento Box. It was from one of those ones that like mails you a thing. A Kit Kat subscription, <laughs> like my pencils. And it was well, it one was of those ones, ones that, that mails you a Kit Kat. Like Japanese. Uh, that's why I think it might have been Bento Box because I uh, Team Four Star had a thing where like you could get a month at a super discounted one if you used a code from them. And I only did the one month. I didn't keep the thing up. But the one they sent had like four different Kit Kats in it that were all weird flavors. There was a wasabi mm. one. I forget what the other ones were. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely like a matcha but one. None of them were very good, but it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard yeah. the green tea one is one of the best. Matcha ones, but... yeah, pretty good. Good stuff. Yeah, I yeah. saw like a bunch of them um, when we were in Japan and went to the the Lawsons and the Seven Elevens. The like combis there, like. Just crazy, like absolutely. I'm sure everyone has heard this before, but it's like convenience stores in Japan are just like <laughs> yeah. a whole nother level. Like getting onigiri, like Bucky's. Yeah, no, it's like it's insane. You can get like onigiri for like two bucks. You can get like a straight up like Japanese curry meal for like like five bucks. Is let alone like 
all sorts. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like everything that we have associated with 7-Eleven in the States is like so different than <laughs> what a 7-Eleven <laughs> is like over there. Yeah, there isn't just like new metal while somebody wishes for a swift death as like the taquitos spin their 6,000th and 86th spin in their own sad grease, which is like what my own American 7-Eleven experiences have been. Um, but yeah. Wasabi Kit Kats sound gross. No, those ones, they were not good. I'd, I'd still try it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm happy I tried it. It just wasn't good. Everything you need to know about Wasabi Kit Kats. Wow, it like looks horrible too. The packaging on it that shows a wasabi root without like showing that it is not what your Kit Kat looks like at the same time is just yeah. <laughs> a bold choice to go straight for the root. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, like, no, this is not what you recognize as wasabi, but still. I can't remember who says it. It's not. Uh, it's Jack. It's not Matthew Fox. Chair. It is a Jack. Yeah, yeah, it's Jack. Old bearded, not doing so great, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Just the worst uh, he's ever looked in that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the topic of spoilers, that's also not Penny's boat. So uh, brace yourself for that one. Right in the feels. We come off a sad episode, and then we got to... And we're going to make you feel sadder. <laughs> Michael Emerson's fantastic. Yes. Well, this is now a Michael Umberson <laughs> fan cast. What else oh my seeing? gosh, have you guys seen Person of Interest? He's so good. Oh, yeah. He was great in that as a Finch or whatever. Yep. Oh, Harold. Yep. <laughs> I don't get any of these references. It was a J.J. Abrams like. Uh, well, yeah, I'm trying to remember reference. if that's what I'm thinking of. Is that the one with like the AI that. Uh, yeah. He's like, this yes. is a computer that can predict. It was kind of like Minority yeah. Report, but different. Yeah. You are being watched. And yes. also the uh, Marvel blatantly stole it for the one of the Captain America movies, too. Like, the exact same premise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of like, this computer oh. can predict who's going to do this. Oh, yeah. But anyway, watch Person of Interest, folks. <laughs> Jim Caviezel, I... Michael Emerson. That's Jesus. And your friend, J.J. Abrams, with all of the lens flares that you would expect from that time because he manages to like lens flare in the middle of the night at stuff it is incredible yeah. moon I, stars. lens flares from multiple light sources like outside <laughs> during the day it's called art guys oh anyway this We're all has to stay drunk in. after the last episode <laughs> yeah this is the show now um we thought stf feelings. was the only show that could pivot every up but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna claw back some of that territory yeah 130 episodes in this is how we do things now yeah we're we're now a per person of interest fan pod really explore the space really explore the space can oh wait you did oh. can you hear me yes, yes. okay you're back yes okay hey. i'm feeling awesome. deeply skeptical because i'm getting no waveforms in my uh audacity mm. Made us oh, need to restart. When Kinsley hit it, she might have also changed the, uh... <laughs> the audacity the sucks. And yes. I found that if like when I bumped my USB at one point, that was enough for it to be like, I don't know what inputs are, bro. So I just yeah. exported off what I had, restarted audacity yeah. and it was Gucci. It was fine. All right. Let me do that. Yeah. Like earlier tonight when voice mod updated, 
despite the fact that it updated before I opened Audacity. When I opened Audacity, it had reset and was trying to pull from my regular microphone. Good sense. Yeah, I love how also once you've started the application and you've like it's too late, you can't plug your mic in now. You just gotta Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Shut yeah, well, that's off. why I always do everything else before I open it, because I figure like any Same. changes I make aren't going to affect it, but it somehow still knows. Hey. What is plug and play? It's certainly not something that was invented in the nineties. No. That's why I had that nasty open sores joke. <laughs> that was painful to re-listen to. <laughs> All right. So well, I mean, it still is better than spending like, like eight hundred bucks or Sony Vega. A scorpion? Does a scorpion have a neck? I should know this. No anatomy. I don't Google. think they have a neck slot. Yeah. Well, no. I just mean in <laughs> real life. Have a, do they have, have a neck? neck? They have a head, and they have a thorax. They have a thorax. But on arachnids, it's not called. It's called something different on arachnids. They only have like two instead of three. Yeah, they only have the two segments, and I don't think that yeah. there's really a like distinctive separate thing there's a species of spider that has a neck and it's really creepy looking it's called an assassin spider everybody go google it mm. horrifying Sorry. because it has a neck i'm just i'm out here googling do scorpions have a neck um and the answer is on scorpion anatomy from askabiologist.com technically that's considered the cephalothorax yes i knew there was oh, a different name than thorax because like their head in their first section are combined and then the ab second one apparently the mouth parts are called pelisserae oh pelisserae okay yeah oh yeah pedipalps is the uh, ones past that oh yeah, yeah no yeah yeah pedipalps are the pinchers yeah you're totally <laughs> yeah. right and i'm sure there's because we have so many brilliant brains in our discord people just being like shut up nerd i know all the words no, all the, the spider words <laughs> i know all i know them. scorpions <laughs> like my own mother exactly who was in the band the scorpions some of you may have scorpion mothers and that's okay <laughs> oh my god my father dwayne the rock johnson once played the king of scorpions thank you well my uncle is scorpion from mortal Kombat, so so oh, get over it, here wasn't that the plot of the new mortal Kombat movie I don't know. basically i mean kind yeah, of a little bit yeah, yeah they mean, introduced a, a new character that wasn't in the game in like his great grandfather or something yeah. Was yeah yeah no i mean that it, it, was, it was better i mean as someone that loved the original mortal Kombat and the horrific sequel um, I own Mortal Kombat Annihilation on VHS somewhere. I, I have it on DVD. Annihilation is such in a the next terrible room. movie, but oh, like, it's awful, but it's awful in a good way. Oh yeah, they're both good. I mean, I, I still like. I love the original Mortal Kombat. I I don't think that's bad. I think that's a good movie. On that movie, oh no, yeah, yeah absolutely. But also, it like, is probably one of the best video adaptation movies made. <laughs> Yeah, it was solid. No, they they got everybody right in that first movie. Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, everybody looked exactly like I expected from the 2D video sprites that like many of us had played on cabinets. That's <laughs> indeed Oops All Dancer. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, we had 47 minutes with questionably 10 to 15 minutes of usable <laughs> material in here. Or we're mostly just handing out magical items. My uh um, 
My buddy in high school did have a UMK3 cabinet in his like, garage, and it was oh, fin- just glorious. so nice. It's like, oh my goodness. I wish I got... I had because I had I was a Nintendo kid. I didn't have Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. I had Mortal Kombat trilogy, which was the crappy Nintendo version <laughs> that only had like half the characters because they didn't have the memory for it. And it was not great. I used used to go to my friend's house to play Mortal Kombat. We wouldn't have that in my house. <laughs> I um the first time I played Mortal Kombat, it had so much blood that I cried and I had to go home from the sleepover <laughs> that I was at. Because I didn't realize they would die, despite the name that explicitly tells you. Hey, I mean, there's no shame in a 26 year old man having no, that it's reaction. No, true. Yeah, when when a when a 34, 35 year old man just wants to cry during a sleepover and go home because he thought the K in combat didn't mean actual combat, that's fine. But really, I was like eight, and I, I seriously bawled my eyes out until I went home. They also played the Splatterhouse game, which like I could oh, not handle. Yeah, I was just, yeah, that a was rough. a lot. Yeah. No, they were, they were some mean kids. Anyway, this is the, we have so much banter for yeah. the end of this All episode. Of this is I mean, whoever is at the end of it, whoever is editing this ep, because I've got the next one, 129, but whoever has 130, it's going to be like the, the end music and then like 30 minutes. Of and then the entire episode. episode. It's only going to be 25 minutes before the end credits. <laughs> Just a lot of junk. In Did the they junk. accidentally splice the credits in early? What's going on? <laughs> uh, what you call it is uh, they're finally make They finally made a. Uh, oh, wait, no, that wasn't her. That was. Uh, oh, no. They took my raise away, even though I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> uh, really clearly was the Beezus books. Uh, I almost said, uh, "Oh yeah, they're making a movie of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret." Oh, it's Judy Bloom. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah mortal enemies, Beverly. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah. We'll have to play uh, Kingmaker for the season of the Bloom. Um, that is a very layered joke for anybody that has played both that AP and anyway. Um, are you there, God? It's me, Brixby.